0: Good morning. You're listening to Biceville Assembly of God Church. We exist to be a place of connection to God and to others who believe in Jesus. We're glad you joined us today. We invite you to listen closely as our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke, preaches the Word of God. Well, welcome to church. It's great to be in God's house. Do you believe that this morning? It's good to be with the family of believers, and we're going to continue our series in Ephesians. Journey through Ephesians is what we're calling it here. And, um, I do want to mention for those who are new with us today, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, if you're unfamiliar with reading the Bible, this is the place for you. We, are, we welcome you here. You don't have to be a Bible expert to attend our church. Okay? We simply ask that you just have a willing and open heart to learn about God's Word as we read today. So if you, do, if you are new and you need a resource here, I wanted to show you this. The UVersion Bible app is something that you can download on your phone or device. Um, if not, you see that scroll on the left-hand side of the screen. You can find that in one of your Bibles. That's an index with all of the books of the Bible listed, and then there's page numbers in the Bible that'll help you lead to where we're going to be reading today. So we are in Ephesians chapter 5 today. I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version, otherwise known as the ESV. Last week, we talked all about Unity. Unity in relationships with others, unity here in the body of Christ, unity in our families. It was unity, 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 right? God has called us to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. So that means we give grace to those who don't necessarily deserve it in our minds. We give love to those who we may not feel very inclined to love at times. But we have this call from the Lord to maintain A spirit of unity so moving forward this morning let's jump right into Ephesians 5 um, and we're gonna read the whole chapter as I've been doing now like I say typically I, I don't do this but I want us to have a full scope of this by the end of this series if you're here every week you will have literally read through with us the entire book of Ephesians and I think that's a really good thing so we can get a full scope of God's Word so let's take a look at it it will not be on the screen please follow along in your Bibles and here we go Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead... Let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Are you thankful for that this morning? Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in, their hu- in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Would you join me in prayer? Dear Jesus, we thank you for your word, and we pray that your word would truly come alive as we read it. God, we pray that as we read it, that the Holy Spirit would inspire us and fly those words off the page right into our hearts and into our minds so that we would truly understand what you would say to us today. Lord, speak through me. I cannot do this alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, as we take a look at the first verse in Ephesians 5, it says the word, therefore. Now, therefore is a transitional word, meaning what was said before this moment is still very important, but now what is talked about next goes hand in hand with what is mentioned before. So if you see the word, therefore, pay close attention. So we see right here in verse 1, it says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. So not only are we to turn to God in our daily life for our source of strength and help and hope, but we're also called to this even bigger thing of being an imitator of God, imitating God. Now, we've gotta be careful how we approach this one because we're not, us as humans, we're not divine beings. We're mere humans and we don't have the divinity of God or the power to judge or anything like this. We don't have a doctorate in world creation. Do you? God has that doctorate even more than that in world creation or even in human creation, right? So, what exactly does this mean for us, being an imitator of God? Well, the Greek word for imitator here, the English word imitator, is the Greek word here, mimetes, and mimetes means mimic, right? It means mimic. We should mimic God, now, not as the annoying little brother or sister, right, but as a child who looks up to their father, being an imitator of God simply means that we are to strive to have the character of God in everything we do. Our son Nehemiah is almost two years old. You may have noticed him with us this morning for worship. Um, he makes it through a lot of worship. he really does uh, music is his thing, and i'm I'm pretty happy about that because music's my thing as well and uh, but he mimics me a lot in the things i do lately and uh, it's a pretty cool thing but in this regard it's not very cool because i'm going to tell you a little bit of a gross illustration so bear with me okay? when i'm on a run i like to run tom and i are are, uh, training for an eight and a half mile run coming up in a few weeks and um, when i run i often spit on the ground when i'm running okay so with nehemiah when i'm holding him out of habit sometimes I'll just spit on the ground, and I've, all of a sudden I hear him next to me, and he's going, Too, doo, doo, you know, so it, you know, not the greatest example, but I, I noticed he's he's copying me in that kind of stuff, you know. You notice Daddy's doing it, so he just had to give it a try, and you know, every dad's got to teach their son how to spit. I mean, that's that's just part of life. But another thing that he does now, he's getting better with his words, and he copies. Some of the words I say. I was just telling Hannah a story the other day, and I, said, and I said no in the middle of the story. And all of a sudden, he's right behind me saying, no, no, no. So, or when I'm driving the car and someone cuts me off, Lord, help me. Would you please, Jesus, help me. Just happened on a Friday going past the forum on 209. I'm saying, oh, come on. I can't believe. And he's trying to copy every word I'm saying back there. He's getting good at that. He's getting good at that. He's starting to do this more and more, and um, it's cute, it's fun, but I'm realizing that whether he realizes it or not, he's watching me intently. He's watching Hannah intently and copying us in tons of things that we do throughout the day. And it challenges me to truly think about how I'm acting, the words I'm saying, and the man that I am, because he's watching me. And it challenges me to even ask the question, like we're asking today, Who am I imitating? Who am I imitating? Who are you imitating? And if I'm imitating the crazy driver on the road who has road rage, or if I'm imitating the guy who verbally assaulted a TV reporter in Louisiana this last week, anybody hear about that, right? Or if I'm copying somebody who's a bad example, right, then my life isn't lining up with the man that I want to be. And if I'm not striving to be a man after God's own heart, And my little boy is watching me and mimicking me, then my boy isn't going to be following after God's own heart, and that's my fault. It's a pretty big weight. It's a huge weight to carry as a dad to a little boy who's almost two, and then thinking about um, baby number two coming along due in February. But who am I as a man? Who are you as a man? Who are you as a woman? Who are you imitating? Now, I understand that some children turn away from the Lord, and it has nothing to do with the parents. There are situations like that, I understand. Some children don't follow God, even in homes where the father and mother are an amazing example of who Jesus is. And we pray that their kids would come to know the Lord. We pray that God would give them the strength and the hope that they need in the midst of that. But my challenge to you today is if you're imitating God in the best way you know how to, and we find how to in the Word of God, then you'll find that your children will, most of the time, do the same. Now, you can't preach to your children to be a follower of Christ when you're living in utter sin yourself. That's a hard word to take in. I, I think about who I'm imitating, and I hope that my son sees a daddy who loves God. I hope that my son sees a daddy who has a tender heart for the Word of God and for the Lord. Because it's our prayer, and it's on a daily basis that our little boy would grow up to be a man that loves the Lord and serves Jesus with all of his heart. There's some parents who want to give their kids everything that the world can offer. And, you know, they pay for whatever the kids want and they give them whatever they want and allow them to do whatever they want to do. But could I give you my perspective this morning? The best thing I can give my son Nehemiah is a good example of who Jesus is so that he makes the decision to follow Jesus himself. That is the best thing that I can give my boy, is Jesus. I remember when Nehemiah was born, Pastor Black and Karen came to visit us, and uh, Pastor Black prayed over Nehemiah and said, Lord, we thank you for the safe delivery of Nehemiah, and we praise you for his birth, and now, Lord, we look forward to his second birth, the day that he gives his heart to you. And I'll never forget that, because I cannot wait for that day to come. Who are you imitating? I sure hope it's God. We should be people who love one another, give grace to one another, and exemplify the fruits of the Spirit. Imitate God in all you do. And along with imitating God with all you do, verse two tells us to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We're called to walk in love as Christ loved us. And that's a pretty big task in and of itself. Because this verse doesn't tell us who to love, right? It tells us to walk in love. That means that love must be exuding from your inner being and out of you into the way that you live your life. And loving as intensely as Christ loved us when he died for us on the cross, that is not easy. Oh, but Pastor Dustin, so-and-so is just a stick in the mud and I don't think they deserve the love that you think that they deserve. Well, that's okay because what you're hearing right now is not the words that I've said. This is the Bible and I'm the messenger and I will say that I wholeheartedly agree with what's written because I've seen the results of this in action. When we love people that have said horrible things to us or done wrong things to us, it relieves you of wondering if you could have done anything more in the conversation. It relieves you of wondering if you could have done any more to help the situation go a different direction. Case in point, someone treats you awful, but you treat them with love, and even if they still treat you awful afterward, at least you did everything you could to save the relationship. You can rest your head on your pillow at night knowing, I've done all I could do. I've tried to do it God's way, but walking in love takes the guesswork out of it because it's how Jesus loves us. It's how Jesus loves us. Now, verse 3, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among the saints. Now, Paul switches gears a little here, but still having in mind what was mentioned before and talks about sexual immorality and impurity. See, when we allow sexual immorality to enter our lives, it takes hold of us in a way that we can't get back. It's a, it's a deep pit, and when you indulge in a sexual desire such as pornography, which is, by the way, a very rampant, quote-unquote, drug, I would, I would honestly call it that because it's so accessible now. Kids nowadays, the average age that kids first see pornography in this world is the age of eight, eight years old. That's a kid. That's third grade, folks. My wife teaches third grade. That is third grade And that's why when I was youth pastor here, I had no problem doing a series on purity in youth group because the youngest students we had in youth group were 12, maybe 11 sometimes, but typically 12 all the way through 18. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if we wait until our kids are in sixth grade, they've probably already learned something about something from somewhere that you didn't have any control over. They've already learned it. And if we as Christian parents don't have conversations With our kids about this and about the dangers of pornography or about sexual temptations that they might be experiencing, then we're allowing the world to teach them about these things and I can pretty much guarantee us that they will not make the right choices unless we've given them a biblical perspective on it as parents. We cannot ignore pornography or other forms of sexual impurity by saying that we're protecting our kids from hearing those bad words until they're older. And I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, but we need to be on the ball about teaching our kids about this and the biblical perspective of sex and helping them to realize that it truly is a great thing that God's designed in the confines of a biblical marriage between a husband and a wife. And if we allow society to teach them about these things, we're allowing a broken culture to infuse their minds with things that will not be of help to them in their walk with God. That's the truth. And as they continue to grow older, they might take sexual matters into their own hands and put themselves into situations you never saw coming. And for you personally, yourself, don't take part in sexual sin. Now, I understand that there's situations where things like pornography could become an addiction for somebody, and I get that it's a battle to get through with some of these addictions. It's easier said than done to just drop an addiction, like anything. But if you are not putting in effort... To come against this difficult addiction and not asking God for help and not reaching out to mentorship or accountability, you may need to reassess and get on this place, on this path to freedom. I'm pretty passionate about this idea, especially because uh, Celebrate Recovery here at our church meets on Tuesday nights at at 6 o'clock, and they deal with things like this, like addictions to pornography and many other things. And if you're dealing with that, shameless plug here, this ministry is for you. Don't put it off any longer. I feel like maybe some of us have been thinking about coming for far too long, and it's time that we take this step and attend and see how God is using this vital ministry to truly bring you to a place of freedom. Just this last week, it was the one-year celebration of Celebrate Recovery at our church. It's been going on a year already, and uh, just an amazing thing. We heard testimonies this last week from people set free from drug addiction and set free from hurts of the past, and... People have just given their hearts to Jesus in the last two, three weeks at Celebrate Recovery. God is so good. He's using this, and God's setting people free. And if you're struggling as well, you're not alone. God wants you to be free, and this ministry can help. There's separate male and female small groups that, can, that you, they talk about these things and keep things confidential. Tuesday night, 6 p.m., don't miss it. Shameless plug. Paul says to not let sexual immorality even be named among you. But it goes farther in verse 7 and says this, Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. See, at one time, maybe sexual immorality didn't seem like a big deal to you in life. But Paul says here not to even become partners with them, because check it out, at one time you were darkness, you were living for the world, you were living in sin, you were overcome with your temptation and you gave in, but now you are light in the Lord. And the whole reason that I began this message series in the first place comes from Ephesians 5:8. walk as children of light, walk as children of light. Church, I believe that God wants us to walk in that light. I believe that he is calling people right in this very room to do away with their past and stand up for Christ in a dark world. The light of Jesus Christ inside of you shines brighter and brings light into into this dark world. This truth is made also clear in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. You may recognize that you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. You're a light. You're no longer living in darkness. So walk as a child of light. As you believe in Jesus... And give your heart to Him. You're walking in freedom, not in bondage. You're walking in victory, not in defeat. Amen? You're walking in redemption, not in slavery. As you believe in Jesus, you are set free. You're a blood-bought, chosen child of the King, and He is giving you freedom that no demon in hell can ever take away from you. It's time that the church of Jesus Christ goes back to the truth of a song that is... So very special to me, and I want to sing it to you this morning. And if you want to join in with me, you can sing it with me. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, oh, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let your light shine, let your light shine, and don't let it go out, because you are the light in a dark world. Completing this this morning, Ephesians five twenty-two and twenty-three. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Paul finishes Ephesians five with an admonition to the married folks in the Ephesian church, and we can definitely take some of this information and apply it to our marriages today. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. But this is the big part here. Some people like to stop there, but there's more. (laughs) There's more. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Which sounds like from one perspective that husbands are lording over their wives, but that is not the correct interpretation here. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. What did Christ do For the church. Christ died for the church. Jesus Christ gave up everything for the church. And in the same way, husbands, are you willing to give up everything for your wife? Or are you just concerned with whether she's going to make dinner on time for you? (laughs) Or clean all your dirty laundry? You think some people might think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. Men, let's rise up and take God at his word. Begin to put your wives' interests above yours. Wives, put your husbands' interests above yours. And folks, this is how we find a happy and healthy marriage. When each person puts the other's needs above theirs, then each is getting fulfilled in the marriage and each is doing their part to be the best spouse that they can be. It's not 50-50, it's not... One spouse putting in 50% and another spouse putting in 50% to make it 100. That's, That's not how this works. It's each spouse putting in 100%. Going to the Lord in prayer. Working at their personal relationship with God. And as you draw closer to God, you will draw closer to each other. As you draw closer to God, you will draw closer to each other. I've heard it described in this way. It's like a marriage triangle. Have you ever heard of the marriage triangle? You've got the husband here, you've got the wife here, and God's up here. He's the middle of the triangle, and as both husband and wife go toward God, they eventually meet. They eventually meet as we both serve God with all of our hearts. Kendra, could you come back to the piano, please, as we finish up? What this all boils down to is this idea of walking in love. Right where we started. We're coming back right to the place we started. God gave up his son, Jesus Christ, for the sins of the world with love at the forefront. He gave up everything. Why? Because he loves you. Husbands are to give up their lives for their wives as Christ loved the church, and we do that by following the example of God himself in giving up his only son. See, God didn't have to do this for you. He didn't. You are subject to hell because of your decisions. We all are. Romans 3.23 tells us so. It says that we've all sinned and all fallen short of God's glorious standard. Every one of us. This isn't to make you feel bad, but I won't stray away from this part of the gospel. Never will I, because without the truth of sin, we don't have the full gospel. We're messed up. Each of us have messed up. But The Bible says in Romans 6.23 that because we've sinned, we're deserving of death and more literally eternal death in hell but God oh we've said it a few times in this series but God God's gift to you is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord and with that church I stand amazed that he would love me wow I stand amazed in the presence I mentioned before to you that God's gift to you is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord And if you'd like to be set free from the guilt of your past, if you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus this very morning, I invite you to boldly come forward to the front today to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's a bold statement. It's a bold commitment. I understand. But today, I invite you to make this step. If you need to accept Christ for the first time, or recommit your life to Jesus, this is the time for you to take that bold step of faith and come forward right to the front today where we're going to take a moment and pray. These altars are open for whoever desires to make that commitment. You can come forward now. I'll oh, wait just a moment if there's anyone who wants to come forward. Best decision of your life. Best decision. This morning, as we as we continue, as we close here, if there is anyone who is going through this in their minds, really, maybe thinking about a relationship with Jesus, and you haven't. Yet. Maybe there's a majority in here who have, and I praise God for that. And they could all confirm to you that's the best decision they've ever made. But if you're struggling with this, this church is still a place for you. We're glad that you're here ask questions don't feel bad about it if you're having doubts that's okay let's talk about it you are welcome here this is the place for you this is the place for you and we want you to have a conversation with somebody around you that might have already accepted Christ and you know that or maybe you've come with someone today who has accepted Christ or you can talk with us afterward either way we'd love to see you but lastly I want to continue to have these altars open for anyone who needs some help in walking in love Maybe, as we talked about walking in love, you've been struggling lately. Or maybe it's a different need that you have. Maybe you're in need of a healing. You just want some prayer. You just need to spend time in the presence of Jesus, the Nazarene, as we sang about, right? You're welcome to come. These altars are open. Spend time in God's presence. We're going to just take a few moments. Kendra, just lead us in in song here for another few moments. If you want to come forward, now is the time. us all at our need this morning. Help us to walk in love. Help us to walk in love and be your hands and feet as we leave. And Lord, would you bring us back safely when we return. God, keep everyone safe on the roads as we go today. And I pray, Lord, that you would be with us this week and that we would have special, special encounters with you as we go. We pray this in Jesus' mighty and powerful name in the church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Bizeville Assembly of God. At our church, we exist to be a place of connection to God and to others who believe in Jesus. We hope you join us next time as we hear a powerful word from the Bible. God bless you and your family from all of us at Bizeville Assembly of God.